Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 986. The End of Overeating. Three Changes You Can Make to Help with Overeating and Breaking the Habit. How to Stop Overeating. Both by Laura Dabney of lauradabney.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, reading you some of the most popular health and fitness blogs out there with permission from the websites. And if you want to meet some like-minded people and participate in bonus book giveaways and a lot more, come join our Facebook group. You can search for Optimal Living Daily Podcasts on Facebook to find it and request access. Or the shortcut link is oldpodcast.com slash Facebook. I'm going to keep this intro nice and short, so let's get right to our two posts today as we optimize your life. The End of Overeating, Three Changes You Can Make to Help with Overeating by Laura Dabney of lauradabney.com. Tis the season to talk about overindulging, especially food. A question I often get is, how can I curb my eating and make it the end of overeating? Overindulging comes from something unconscious. There's something under the surface that is driving you to overindulge. Anytime you're doing something that you don't want to be doing, you have to take a look at what's underneath because that's what's driving it. It's hard to look at that because for some reason, people think it's painful and that they may not be able to deal with it. And so here are top three changes people can make to end overeating. One, breaking a bad habit. For starters, Take an in-depth, hard look at the habit. When you go into a habit, it's almost unconscious. You're in sort of a daze. You're just doing something. We want you to slow it down and look at the habit. Before you eat anything, take a look at what you're feeling at that moment. That'll help you figure out what feeling is behind the drive to eat. Write it down, talk about it, do something about it, and see what happens to your appetite. Two, before you eat, do something else. Do something less toxic. Food is not only a way to soothe yourself, but it has a negative self-punitive piece, such as gaining weight or being overweight, which has health consequences. Try something else that is soothing, such as a hobby or setting a boundary where you're indulging in a book or taking a bath or taking a nap before you reach for the food. Afterward, check again to see if there is some correlation. Does doing other soothing activities help you stop overeating? If so, you may have found your solution. And three, change how you start your day. Most of us get up and start doing what we have to do for everyone else. Instead, try to start your day where you are doing things for yourself 
first, even if it's just a few things and you put everyone else on the later in the day back burner. Focus on you and then somebody else. Bonus tip, keep a food diary. Keep a food diary before you start changing and while you're making changes. Food diaries are great to a certain degree to help you see what kind of bad habits you're indulging in and where you can change those habits. If you can add to the food diary the changes in how you do things, then you may be able to catch a way to separate the eating from the feeling. The goal is to eat when we're hungry, not to cover up any feelings. Breaking the Habit, How to Stop Overeating by Laura Dabney of lauradabney.com. Overindulging is a problem I hear about all year, and I hear about it more often during certain times of the year. So let's talk about habits, because overeating is just a bad habit. Habits are tough to break. They're especially hard to break if you don't know the origin. There are many origins to overeating. That's why when you start indulging in various diets, supplements, or mantras, it often doesn't work, and then you can find yourself discouraged. It's not that they don't work. It's just that they work for a specific type of overeating. Where your overeating comes from is very important. Neediness is typically a source, but also people have symbolic meanings attached to being overweight or thin. Interestingly, I had a patient who had gastric bypass surgery and she was thrilled. She started losing weight. She looked great, but she started saying, I feel bony. She kept saying it in a negative way, which led me to ask her to associate bony and what that meant to her and it was all negative. She associated it with hard, edgy, unapproachable. We had to get to the bottom of what was causing her to think this way. If one thinks they look badly or unapproachable, then of course, you aren't gonna get there. Overweight tends to be associated with kind, soft, and warm. In the media, we see this association, and a lot of people buy into that, that somehow they're softer or warmer if they're overweight. You may hate being overweight, but there may be something unconscious that you don't like about being thin or something you do like unconsciously about being overweight, and that needs to be dealt with. Fear factors from our parents. I encourage people to look back at the patterns of eating when they were young. This is so important, and unfortunately, I get a lot of people who say they don't want to blame their parents. We don't want to blame anybody. This is your problem, you're owning it, but we do have to understand where it comes from. We're not blaming anybody when we look back at our childhood patterns. We're understanding. Were you shamed for eating too much? It's very common, right? Parents may have said things like, oh, you're gonna eat another one? You shouldn't eat that. You're gonna get a stomach ache. Fear factors from our parents can be playing around in our heads and impacting us today, which will make breaking the habit that much harder. Also, not eating can be a problem. Some parents panicked when their child said they aren't hungry or only ate a little bit. They had associated eating a lot with always being prepared. I've talked to a lot of parents who panicked when their kids don't eat a lot, no matter how overweight they are, because they feel they aren't going to have enough to get through the day. We have to unpack that and understand what that means. To find the origin of your overeating and breaking the habit, you'll want to take a look at one, what the meaning of neediness is, two, what you associate with being thin or overweight, and three, the meanings behind not eating or overeating. All of these are very different and come from a different angle but understanding the origin of your overeating will help you with breaking the habit of overeating. You just listened to the posts titled The End of Overeating, Three Changes You Can Make to Help with Overeating and Breaking the Habit 
How to Stop Overeating, both by Laura Dabney of lauradabney.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Now, when it comes to breaking habits, health professionals will say that really for any habit, the first thing you want to do is to de-automatize it. That's just a fancy way of saying that we need to make the behavior less automatic. Because as Laura mentioned, a habit is basically like a reflex. It could be a thought, a behavior, whatever. It happens without us even thinking about it. It's like when you get behind the wheel of a car. When you were first learning to drive, you had to think about every little movement you made. Don't push the gas pedal too hard. Imagine you're squashing an egg. Don't ride the brakes either. Check your mirrors. Be sure to signal 100 feet before turning. Check your blind spot regularly, and so on. But what happens when you get behind the wheel now? Driving is so habitual, you're bored behind the wheel. You actively look for ways to keep your mind occupied, like listening to the radio or audiobooks or this podcast. Hopefully, you're not texting or checking email while driving. Driving has become second nature. This same process can happen when we eat. We do it without even thinking about it. We may eat because we're hungry, or maybe because we're sitting in front of the TV, or maybe because it's just what we do when we walk by the pantry. So, the key to breaking our habits would be to break the habit down to its most basic steps. Like when we first learned to drive, we had to think about each and every action we took. We need to do the same thing here. We need to make this behavior less automatic. So the question is, how can we force ourselves to do this when our eating behavior is like a reflex? Well, we can keep a record of what we do. Put another way, anytime we eat, we write it down. This will make sure we think twice before we consume our next bag of chips or soda. By having to write it down, we force ourselves to think about what we're doing. And in fact, researchers are discovering that keeping a food record may be one of the most effective steps we can take to de-automatize our eating behaviors. And whenever you get off track with your eating behaviors, by keeping a food record, it automatically bumps you right back on track. All right, that'll do it for the Monday episode. I hope you have a wonderful start to your week. Hope you're staying safe and well, and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too 
where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us and remember your optimal life awaits.